everybody, uh, welcome to this show, Left Out His Reserve Guide to the Apocalypse Podcast. My name's Brett, Mountain Man West Virginia. Joining me today is, what's up with Wes? Wes, what's up? What's up? Wes, wow, we came in on two totally different levels there. Like, I was really, I'm like really down, and you came in really up. <laughs> Oh man! So what you been up to? Oh, um, I'm uh, playing, you know, some Pokemon. Getting a new, got a new puppy. Yeah, you know, going through that Street, whole process. Pump the brakes, puppy name. Go. Luna. Luna, cute little doggo. Maybe yeah, I'll... little Luna. Little Luna. Well, <sighs> what have we had? We've had a few weeks off here. Yeah, I haven't been on one in a bit. Uh, a me neither. Um, of course, to the listener, they've been hearing us. Um, shoot a monkey. And um, hang on. I'm working. <laughs> they've heard us because, you know, obviously we record in the future and stuff comes out and blah, 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 blah. But we have not done... <laughs> Even in that point, I still think it's been a spell since I've been on one. Been a spell? Funny you should say that yeah. because we're playing another medieval fantasy RPG game today. We're going to continue where we left off last time, which I'm sure neither of us remember what was happening. Do you? Yeah, I sure don't. No, uh, you know what? No, Wes, you were on last week's episode. so Or the week before last. Two weeks ago, you were on. Oh. It was what's well. in It was what's in the bird box. Okay, yes, I was. You were on that one. But anyway, very school. Wait, very a very school. Wes, I'm I'm fucked up. Very school. Very special after school special. That's what our Monday shows are. That's what this is. No topic. We just play a stupid game. Try and make each other laugh. So hey, if you haven't heard the first medieval fantasy RPG playthrough. Um, it is called, help me, help me. It's called Goblin's Ears Are a Girl's Best Friend. So check that out. Listen to the continuing thingamajiggy. Here we go. You ready, Wes? I'm ready. Okay. Ridge, uh, Jasmine brings her sword crashing down on top of the chest. The wood splinters and with a few more whacks. She could pry the top off. Inside is a bag full of gold pieces, a small black-bound writing book, and what appears to have been some platinum-engraved china that is now smashed. She also finds what appears to be a strange emerald of some type. Leaving the broken china, I gathered up the loot, and I hurried out of the room before I heard her scream. I turned around and saw Jasmine being sucked up into the emerald, completely disappearing leaving only her horrified expression on the inside of the gemstone, pounding, unable to escape. The two of you, me and Wes, we've only taken a few steps after retrieving the emerald. Concerned for our friend, clearly, but we gotta get out of there. Um, we see flickering light up ahead and hear the scuffling of feet. You could run back into the room and hide, prepare a firebolt to cast down the hall, or cast an illusion to distract whoever is coming. Wes, at this point in the game, we have five life. Three only three mana, forty gold and eight morale. 
And our, your choices are, you can hide back in the room we just came from, you can prepare a fire spell, which costs two mana, or you can cast an illusion, which costs two mana. Well, I want to save the mana, so we're going to try hiding. Hiding like a couple of pumps. Hide, Wes whispers to me as we run back into the room and dive behind a curtain. Meanwhile, uh, it seems like we've been in our hiding place for only a few seconds when we hear hurried footsteps enter the room. Let's see. Veldek, he is slain, you hear a voice say, butchered. And his chest is pillaged, you hear another voice say, who is close by. You imagine whoever it is glaring down at the empty treasure chest. You know there are at least two men out there. What do I do? I am going to attack with a dagger. Hey, got medieval on him. Achievement unlocked. Technology used was primitive and your actions weren't pretty or subtle, but you can't argue with the results. Let's see, we got plus one coin and plus one luck and plus one points. Our life decreased by one. That's bad. Our gold increased by 60 and our morale increased by one. I leapt from behind the curtain with my dagger drawn. The nearest Nerulian priest gasped and surprised. You hear slay from the other priest as you dodge, but not fast enough. Painful cold radiates from where Wes was struck by his by dark magic. You jump up onto a nearby bed and launch yourself at the nearest priest who shrieks as you stab him over and over. Meanwhile, Jasmine cries from within the emerald, unable to help. I take the time to search the bodies after we've killed them. And uh, we find a golden unholy symbol of medallions on each of them. And one, we also found a silver dagger. Not bad for 20 seconds of work. I tire of looting corpses. Let us be off to find the merchants and buy them a glorious reward, Wes exclaims. Off we go, deeper into the castle. Soon you find ourselves. we find ourselves in a library. Oh, let's see... All the books are gone from the tall wooden shelves, either stolen or destroyed. This disappoint disappoints us because, you know, we're kind of warrior wizard dudes. All castle libraries have secret doors, I say. After searching for a little while, we notice a small statue. We press down on the statue's arm and it shifts. There's a grinding sound and you can see a bookshelf nearby crack open from the wall. We enter and descend into the darkness. Let's see here. Dear reader, normally I would give you a choice of whether or not to go down the stairs, but really, who finds a secret door and chooses not to investigate? Okay, break that wall, buddy. Oh, boy. So, we find a door. Like, ten pages later, we find a door. Whose turn is it? Is it my turn or your turn? My turn. Your turn. You open the door or do you leave? Well, I guess we gotta open the door. Okay. Achievement unlocked. I'm an adventurer, damn it. Boldly, we step forth. Never a wuss. Another point, another coin, and another luck. Hmm, maybe there's a treasure room beyond here. West jokes, fortune and glory, my friend, I say. Jasmine's still screaming behind an emerald forever locked away because she couldn't be here because she's playing some stupid Apex game. The large iron door shudders and screeches as West slowly pries it open. Once open, your friend's face drops and you soon realize why. 
A powerful stench wafts up from the dark stairs below. He takes a deep breath and plunges down the stairway. The two of us descend for some time before we enter a large room, eerily illuminated by green flaming torches. Near the far wall is, I don't know that word, leading up to an altar with skulls and laid into the frame. Some human, others of animals, or perhaps monsters. The lower altar is blood-stained and covered with candles and golden candle holders arranged around a book. The bound, the blood, <laughs> the book is bound in what might very well be mummified human skin, blah, 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 blah. Just before the altar is a narrow but deep pit. Shining the lantern in, you make out something gleaming white, a skeletal arm and hand. Wes adds his light to yours, and you can now see a heap of bodies at various stages of decay. The heap is crawling with rats and other vile scavengers. Sacrifices! The source of the stench, I mutter. I would bet my last copper that Sabah's father and the rest of the caravan are among them. Wes makes a face of disgust. I say we swiftly pilfer what we can from this unholy place and leave. As he says this, the bowl on the upper altar begins to tremble as the candlelight around it ripples. Something is coming, I whisper. It is already here, says Wes. Black smoke billows up from the bowl and swiftly takes the shadowy form of a horned fiend. His glowing, pitiless eyes rove about the chamber, taking in everything. Demon, you shout. Despite the terrified look on his face, Wes has already unslung his backpack as though preparing to scoop valuables from the altar. He might have the right idea. After all, you came here for loot, and it might take a moment for this shadow beast to fully take form. That strange book might be valuable. Finally, maybe you can disrupt this fiend's arrival by knocking over the bowl. But do you dare? After all, this monster hasn't acknowledged you yet, and messing about with his bowl is likely a dangerous way to introduce yourself. What do I do? Grab the book and run, try to disrupt the fiend's arrival. No time for any of this run. Uh, hmm. I'm going to try to disrupt the fiend's arrival. The bowl on the upper table. Oh, they're presently out of reach. Uh, you could jump up on the lower table, grab the bowl, and throw it across the room or down into the sacrificial pit. Another option would be to try to just quickly knock over the bowl by throwing your backpack at it. What do you do, Wes? Grab the bowl and throw it or throw your backpack at it? Um, grab the bowl and throw it. Thank you. Don't don't you dare throw our loot. <laughs> I thought about it. Our morale increased by three. Our gold increased by 50. Dude, we are rich as fuck. Wes gets to work yeah. blowing out the candles and throwing the golden candlesticks into his backpack as, you leap, as I leap onto the lower table of the altar. The fiend turns his burning eyes to you as you grab the lip of the bowl. Fool, you cannot hinder me, shouts the fiend in the infernal language. His voice a hiss. A deadly cold has seized me, and my muscles seem unwilling to obey me. Nevertheless, I muster the strength and lift the bowl. The beast reaches into you with its shadowy claws. Life decreases by three. <laughs> I shout out as pain lances through my body. The next thing you know, we're, I'm falling down onto the altar and then roll off the, onto the floor. You come to rest at the edge of the sacrificial pit, my arm dangling into it. Above, I hear a dull clang of what might be the golden bowl bouncing. A hissing scream of rage echoes through the chamber. We must flee, says Wes in his wussiest voice. Your friend gets me to my feet, and the strength has returned to me enough to support my own weight. The bowl is gone, perhaps fallen to the side of the altar or down in the pit. Unfortunately, the fiendish shadow is still here, swirling high up in the chamber. 
He has lost some of his shape, but he is reforming. The torches dim and flicker as though their greenish light is being sucked in by the beast's malevolent rage. Wes pulls me to the door, allowing me to go from a staggering walk to a jog. Your souls are mine, comes the voice. Now that my strength is returning, soon we're both bolting up the stairs. There's a wheezing snarl not far behind. Uh, we make it through a large iron door, and the door is heavy, and the hinges are tight. Nevertheless, we expect that if we hurl our weight against it, we could we could possibly knock it out shut. But this will take time, and the demon is nearly upon us. Wes, what do we do? Oh, wait. It's my turn. Uh, yeah, it's your turn. What do I do? Try to close it, or no time, just run? Hmm. We've only got one life, Wes. We might be dead. We might be dead. Uh, I would use some spells, maybe. It, it, we don't have that option. I'm going to say no time, just run. Achievement unlocked. Death. Oh, our for your first death in any volume in the library. Plenty more where this came from. These aren't so easy. Fight on. We got zero points. We got zero coins. And uh, yeah, no luck. Oh, let's see. Uh, we decide there's no time for anything but running. Freedom comes, a raspy shot followed by laughter. You turn on the speed for the next stairway and have nearly caught up to Wes. And then I feel a sudden overpowering chill. Let me in, hisses a voice in your head. I resist and it is like my soul is being ripped apart. Alas, I finally succumb to, the, to my wounds and collapse. I am dead. Oh, Wes, here's a point of the game that I did not know. I can, we can choose to redo the last choice using one luck, and we have nine luck. What do you think? Well, let's, do, let's continue this on. Let's do it. Begin an oh epic adventure. Oh my god, there's an ad in this game. Ah, oh. Now we have to wait. Okay. We are going to, uh, uh, we're going to try to close the door. We still only have one life, by the way. It's exactly the same. One life, three mana, 150 gold, and 12 morale. Uh, we run into the room, turn back, and slam our weight against the door, which gradually shuts with a whine of its hinges. Well, it's almost shut. Some degree has fallen in the way, keeping it open a crack. There is a snarl and the door shakes, but the arcane symbols scrawled on the door appear to be a ward meant to provide a barrier to spirits. You would like to open the door enough to kick the debris out of the way and shut it properly, but you don't dare. Instead, you concentrate on running as fast as possible up the stairway. Stairway. As we reach the secret door in the library, there's a great bang that echoes from below, followed by a jubilant shout of Freedom! Keep running, I shout to Wes. He does not seem to need encouragement as he sprints out the do library door. I follow you out of the library and down several passageways, rounding corners, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we run into a room where there, are, where there are three evil priests holding hands surrounding what appears to be a pile of corpses. The men are chanting in the infernal language. One of the corpses begin to twitch. Just to the side of the priest stands the massive ogre. His pale white body and large cold dark eyes fix on Wes. Meanwhile, the corpse that had been twitching springs up to its feet with alarming speed. 
You think you recognize him as one of the priests you had killed earlier. The undead creature levels its hungry gaze upon you. What do you do? Attack with your dagger. Blast them for four mana, which we cannot do because we don't have enough. You can charm the ogre for three mana or run away. Well, I charm the ogre. I like that one. Mana decreased by three and morale has increased by four. Uh, Wes points towards the ogre and recites magical words. Pausing now and then to blow kisses into the air. <laughs> Wes, you like to blow kisses at ogres, do you? Uh, the ogre, who is about to swing his mighty club at West, instead turns his attention to me. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but I think that I see a soft glow of ogre affection in those large dark orbs. One of the one of the priests throws a large candle at us and then begins reciting a spell. It was poorly aimed and weakly thrown candle. It misses. The ogre slams the priest in the face with his club, smashing it like a melon. Yes! Yes, West shouts to the ogre. Kill them all! The undead corpse springs at me, but the ogre stabs it by the leg in midair. Grabs it by the le leg in midair and crashes to, it crashes to the floor. The ogre and the zombie then grapple each other, clawing, biting, and strangling. How big is this zombie? I foresaw an ogre that was, like, ten feet tall. Yeah. Reg uh, Reginald, I keep doing that. Wes has since gathered his wits and slays another of the priests with his sword. The two of you fall upon the remaining priest the old medieval way, cutting and stabbing with blades. Soon, the poor fool is nothing more than a bloody mess on the floor. We look over and see that the ogre has dismembered the now motionless undead priest, but in the process, however, it has been grievously wounded. Its neck has been ripped open and purplish blood is pumping out. It looks at you pleadingly before collapsing. Uh, as me and as me and Wes catch our breath from somewhere in the castle, echoes the distant raspy cackle of that dark spirit with the hellish eyes. A chill goes up our spines. We do not want to tangle with that thing again. You suspect neither spell nor blade can harm it. Perhaps it would be wise to run from this cursed place. On the other hand, maybe you could afford to take a few seconds to search the bodies of your recent fallen enemies. But there's still the matter of the merchant's daughter, Sabah. What do you do? Whose turn is it? I can never remember. It is yours. Oh, we're going to find the girl first. Duh. Our morale increased by one. We could really do with some mana. Uh, come, Wes. We must find her, I say. The two of us are debating where exactly we should go to accomplish this when there is a blood-curling scream not far off. Before we can react, we see Sibba, her eyes bloodshot, run into the candlelight. Gods be praised, I exclaim. I would never say that. Gods, we must flee, a monster comes, she shouts. The three of us run, Jasmine still screaming inside the Emerald, where she's forever doomed to be there for not being here on the podcast. The ears, the ears! Wes complains as, as we run through the castle entrance chamber. Uh, he's referring to the goblin corpses from which he made a disgusting necklace from. No number of rubber ears are worth your soul, I tell him. Despite your present anxiety, this strikes us as somewhat funny, and we plan to remind him of his words later, if we survive. For now, you do as your friend advises and keep running. I, I don't know what they're trying to get at with their... Oh, oh, I see. We left a whole bunch. We left a whole bunch behind. Um, we retreat into the forest, exhausted. 
Um, we make camp, but we're still in uh, goblin country. And we decide against making a campfire. Instead, we will have to just make do with a sleeping roll in our backpacks. It is a rather cold night, and you notice Sabah carries nothing but the ripped up clothing on her back. What do we do, Wes? Do you offer to share a blanket? Offer her your blanket, shrug, and go to sleep. <laughs> Wes, I would like to remind you that it is 2019! Don't say anything that gets us in trouble! Sure, blanket. There you go. What? No, that's creepy. You're supposed to do the. Do the you're supposed to do the gentlemanly thing. Offer her your blanket. Then when she sees you like freezing to death, she offers to share. Then it's okay. You don't want to be just like, hey, baby, let's snuggle up. All right, here we go. So offering to share. Ah, uh, see, look, achievement unlock. You cad, naughty, naughty. We got no points for that. We got no luck for that. Uh, we did get two coins for that, however. Oh, boy. Our morale decreased by one. However, our life increased by five, and our mana increased by five. Holy shit, we needed that. We yeah, needed that bad. You. Yeah, but I bet if we'd have done... It, it says right here, you cad... Uh, this is from the author, I'm assuming. It says, I'm tempted to give you a morale point for your bold choice, but unfortunately, this scene does not play out that way. Wes invites Sabah to share her blanket with you. She cocks her head gives and gives him a suspicious look. She politely declines. Uh, Brett, who is me, offers me his own blanket. She smiles at him, takes the blanket with a curtsy, and goes off to find a tree to curl up around. <gasps> Boom! Wes, you just got big-timed! <laughs> See, that's what I told you. We should have should have offered it to her without like being creepy. Yeah, but I got my blanket. You ain't got a blanket. That's true. You're free. It would have been warmer if you were with me. Wes thinks to himself, "Alas, not everyone can be as practical as you are." Since Wes is cold anyway, he decides to take the first watch. Uh, he's awoken well before dawn, and uh, blah 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 blah. You loan me your blanket, and you set up to keep an eye out for danger, blah, 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 more blahs. I sneak off, I fuck her. Um, the young maiden has just lost her father, I should not make sport of her even in my mind, blah, blah, blah. See, like, there's, guys, seriously, there's like a thousand fucking words. Oh, uh, we just reached a checkpoint, so I think we're gonna call it here after this. Uh, we wait until Wes begins snoring before I pull the spell book out of my back out of backpack. Wes hates it when I study magic while I'm supposed to be keeping watch, but I need something to distract me from the cold, even though I just fucked the girl. I didn't in any way add that. With Flint and Tinder, I swiped right and light a, lit a single candle to read by. The arcane text that you have read a thousand times over, but differently each pass through, providing a sort of familiar comfort, a comfort you are grateful for in this dark forest. Soon you are lost in study. After some time, you can never keep track of time when immersed in magical lore, you exclaim, yes, danger. Wes rolls over, his eyes slits. He is only half awake. I understand invisibility. I can turn invisible at last. This spell has eluded me for so long. At least I think I understand, I say. Go to sleep, Wes says. Then his head falls back down to the ground. This is goblin country, and I'm on watch. I dare not sleep, I say. 
But Wes does not hear me anymore. He is snoring again. It turns out that you are not so vigilant after all. At some point, as you gaze at the candle flame, I too fall asleep. That's where we're going to call it for now. My God, what a train wreck this show has become. You like how I put Jasmine imprisoned in a fucking emerald for all eternity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Wes, thanks for joining me. We'll play some more of this game Always later. Fun. Always fun. Always fun. And, uh, dear listener, if you're listening, tell a friend, tell a loved one, put all your computers on Let's Die, press play and walk away. Whatever it is you want to do. Rate and review the show, I guess. I haven't asked that in a while. <laughs> anyway, we love y'all or something. Bye. Wes, say bye. Bye. Yeah. But I'm bummed. How about them Colts? Hey, we got Houston. I was actually shocked at that. I didn't even know he was visiting. I, I you know what? I didn't either. I'm not really keeping track of who visits where. Yeah, I knew visited yesterday, but he left without a deal. Did you see Chris, uh, where Will Greer visited with a bunch of teams? Well, apparently Greer's getting some. He's getting some notice about him. Like he got, he did really good at his pro day. They're saying the Dolphins might take him now. Yeah, I've seen rumors that that someone's saying that he might they might jump up and drop him. And people are saying, "Oh no, he's a third to fifth rounder." And I'm like, "He was a first rounder during the college football season. How is he all of a sudden a third and fifth? He falls that far, he's really?" A, I think he's a late second. Yeah, but he. But, I'm just saying, in stark contrast to during the season when they're like, "Oh, there, you know, there's not much in this quarterback class." Like Will Greer will probably go in the first round, and I guess Haskins. Well, he, he, Here's my thing about him. I say Will Greer is a late second. He's someone that can come in and start immediately, but he's not going to improve much. However, some of the first round picks, they're they're going to need to sit, but they have a lot of. Places we need to, to just do a show on football. That's that, that that's what I think, anyways. I'm not sure how that I mean, fits he, in. He has he shows immediate starter. Uh, did you see where the Bucks hired two women yeah. coaches? Uh, I saw, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's awesome, actually. As, and did you see where Robert Kraft fired a motion to keep his uh, little parlor shop video under wraps? Oh, God. Who would want to watch that old, decrepit man get his crank yanked? I do get not release, yeah. need to see that. I would spend $150 to not watch that movie. But That's a joke. Thing, though, it's funny. He's trying to fight to keep the video, but they told, but they told him if he accepts the charges, which he's not going to do because he's a rich, stuck-up man, that the video won't be released. And all if they accept charges, he'll have no jail time, nothing of that. He'll just, you know, 
he would be found guilty, and then you know, basically, it's just like a slap on the wrist to him. More of the story is the Patriots now, suck. I'm like, if you didn't want the video to release, you just should accept guilt, take it. I mean, it's not like you don't have much. You should have had enough sense. You got make that much. You have that much money. You could be more. He, he could honestly just put a cardboard sign out on the freeway and say, "Hey, uh, my name's Robert Kraft. Want to give me a hand job? Here's my phone number." And he'd get like a thousand women that'd be probably do it for free just because they're Patriot fans. Services instead, he uses you know a rent, but if he had. If he'd have tipped better, then they probably would have helped the Patriots suck more. Now, now there's a joke there somewhere. Somebody tweet me. 